So, a little bit of music introducing our first guest today, Dr. Jason Bechevez, on the subject of Memories of Murder, uh, a movie where actually art and reality clash in a very startling and rather tragic way. Dr. Jason Bechevez from Sungshil Cyber University and film critic, well-known Bong Joon-ho expert. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. Um, let me just paint a little bit of background here. Last night, local broadcaster NBC released a photo of the prime suspect of the Hwasong serial murders for the first time. And a week after the police's announcement that they've found this prime suspect through DNA matching, we'd been told that his name was surnamed E, but Yi uh, Chun-jae is the name that we have been provided. Um, the heinous crime has left a huge unhealed wound in the collective memory of the country, uh, a, a memory that, as I suggested before, has been upheld by this popular film by Mr. Bong. And, I mean, first of all, I remember years ago, if I can call you Jason, can I say Jason? You can, you and I, yeah. You, know, you and I have known each other for so many years. Or I'll say Dr. Jason. Um, <laughs> um, you told me, I was probably like eight years ago, you said you've got to watch Memories of Murder when I, when I first yeah. really got to know you. And, uh, and, and so I did do it, like a good uh, person taking advice. How long friend. did it take you to watch it? <laughs> yeah, well, a few months. But anyway, I watched it in one sitting once I actually got Gears. round to it. Um, but I think on a, on a very serious note, uh, I'd like to ask how um, accurate that, that movie's portrayal of events are, especially in light of recent uh, revelations um, pretty accurate oh, very accurate I mean Bong Joon-ho himself spent six months researching the film he went through newspaper clippings and uh, uh, went through the, the actual case itself um, and uh, uh, one of the main uh, kind of techniques uh, you, you see in, in narrative cinema is cause and effect and um, you see this kind of throughout the whole film um, and one of the things he noticed actually was uh, certainly for one of the victims was that it happened when there was a blackout, a, a curfew. So all the lights go out and you see this in, in the final uh, killing in the film. Um, a young girl is, is brutally raped and murdered um, and it's happening as there's as a blackout is taking place. So you see the kind of all the lights go out. Um, and um, it's quite a chilling scene. Um, and, and he found this as he was researching the film itself, and so he put that into the movie. Did, did you um, watch it again since the recent revelations? Yeah, I was watching it again uh, last night, actually, because uh, I have to uh, come on the radio and talk, talk about the film, uh, which is an absolute pleasure, of course. Um, and so, but yeah, going back to your original question, it is accurate. I mean, in the film, uh, the events take place between the years of... Uh, 1986, October 86, and, and late 1987. Um, and I, I think there are um, six uh, victims in the film uh, or depicted in the, in the movie. The, the actual case, of course, um, uh, involved uh, 10 victims between the years of 1986 um, and 1991. So, in in order to make a film, um, they had to, he had to, he had to make um, some changes together with uh, Shim Sungbo, the, the the co-writer. It's actually based, of course, on the play "Come to See Me." We'd like to um, talk a little bit more about some of the specific details around DNA evidence, though. Uh, yeah. at, at the time, I remember 
just I, I have not actually watched it since I watched it eight years ago, by the way. But still in my mind is this just memory of a, of, of a botched investigation. Yeah. Um, so tell us how that plays into DNA evidence. Well, uh, the one of the main suspects in the film, played by Pac Hale, he kind of uh, appears in the second half of the movie. Um, and uh, you have the, the two uh, police detectives, uh, well, there are three police detectives, but the, the, um, you have Song Gang-ho and uh, Kim Sang-un playing a kind of uh, um, uh, a pair, I, I, so to speak. The Kim Sang-un character comes from Seoul. He, he's, he's well-educated and he, he wants to be involved in the case. And he's convinced, or well, they're both convinced, that uh, this Pak character is is uh, the kind of the prime suspect. Um, and they're reliant on, um, well, they, in Korea they don't have the, te- at the time they didn't have the technology um, to kind of process and, uh, uh, and examine the, the DNA. So they had to send it off to the, uh, the, the FBI in the United States. Um, and then you have at kind of the end of the film, they finally get uh, the, the, a letter or documentation from, from the FBI actually saying that there, there, there isn't a conclusive match. So the, the Pat Gale character um, is able to... Uh, to uh, he's, he, there's not enough evidence to, to arrest him. But now what we've been told is uh, the DNA of each and J matches at least three of the ten cases. Yeah, it's and that's chilling. It's, it's it looks pretty damning. The, the thing is, the statute of limitations has expired, and he's already serving a life sentence for another murder involving the rape and murder of his sister-in-law. So the, it's, it's all a lot of retrospective questions, sadly, at this point. Yeah. Um, we were able to also speak with um, the country's first ever profiler, Professor Besang Hun from Seoul Digital University, uh, because for so many years the police believed the perpetrator should be someone with blood type B. In an interview, Bong Joon-ho also said the perpetrator must have been born before the year 71 with blood type B, but now the prime suspect has blood type O. Let's hear what Professor Bayer had to say about it. Concerning the blood type, the National Forensic Service says there could have been a mistake, but they're not disclosing who made the mistake how it was made, and why it was determined type B at the time. At the moment, the police and the NFS are saying two different things. The NFS should come clear about it and open up the record, and I think they deserve the blame. Another problem is that the NFS also has to disclose the process of how they've obtained and extracted the DNA. To be more specific, both police and the NFS should disclose it. So um, it's nice to hear, by the way, from uh, the country's first ever profiler in itself. But hearing about how there's this blood type mix up as well, it, it just it's just such a series of unfortunate issues, isn't it? Compounding. Yeah, and this this is uh, addressed in the film, of course. I mean, uh, the the backdrop in the movie is the 1980s, um, and the thing is, the police detectives at the time they were not. Uh, trained to track down serial killers. They weren't trained to investigate. They were trained to suppress um, demonstrations, freedom of speech, um, and they were just not equipped with a skill set to track down um, such a... um brutal serial killer. Well, listen, we have a, a really famous line from the movie when uh, Song Kang-ho asks Park Hae-il, the prime suspect in the film, um, this. Let, let's take a quick listen. So uh, I, 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 I can understand Papan Moko. Uh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what does that mean? 
Um, it's a loaded expression. Yeah, I've been, you know what? I've been asked this a few times <laughs> um, over the last few weeks. Um, I mean, the way I understand it is like, how do you get up in the morning? Um, uh, you know, how, 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 how do you, you know, get up and eat breakfast? You know, uh, that's the way I kind of understand the expression. And so it's so it's kind of the implication is like if you are translating this. Not literally, but uh, spiritually having the same meaning. It would be something like, uh, how do you sleep at night? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, good, uh, um, a good expression to use, I would say. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult to translate into, um, uh, in, in English, um, but it's, it's interesting that this particular line has become, become so, ki- so iconic um, with the film. Well, the prime suspect, E, has not only been eating well, but he's been chosen... As an inmate with good behaviour. And just to remind you, this is real life now, not the movie, uh, even if it was very realistic. Um, he's displayed exemplary compliance. Some speculate he's even hoping to be freed on parole. Let's take a listen to what Professor Bayer said about E's chance of actually being released. A decision on the parole is entirely up to the Ministry of Justice Parole Committee. If they decide that Mr. E has nothing to do with the Hwasang serial murder cases, they may grant it. But considering the public opinion, I don't think it will go forward. Yeah, well, you'd have to say that there'll be an influence. Um, it'd be impossible not to be influenced by, by all these <laughs> yes. other revelations. Interestingly, from director Bong Joon-ho, and this is kind of chilling, he thought that when they held the 10th anniversary of Memories of Murder that the, that the killer... would actually come and watch the film and actually explained that in the last scene when Song Kang-ho is staring at the camera, that's intended for possible eye contact with the murderer. Can you tell us more yeah, about that? Yeah, this is the famous, um, one of the most kind of famous scenes in the film. Um, the, the, the main character played by Song Kang-ho, he, he's now, it, this is the film's epilogue. This is set in 2003, the then present day. Um, he's now kind of a salesman. Um, uh, he's got married, he's got kids. Um, and he goes back to the, the, first, where, the first scene in the film. It's the same location. Uh, it's where the first victim is found um, in this kind of like drainage tunnel. Um, and um, he sits down and he looks, he, he looks through this tunnel and he sees this, um, a girl is, is also there. And um, they start talking. Um, and um, he realizes that the killer... Uh, recently um, visited the same place having said that he'd, he'd done something here too and um, and then horrified Song Gang O's uh, the character looks directly at the camera and that's where the film ends and it's yeah. kind of like such a chilling moment you're bringing and back memories of memories of murder for me Jason um, we've got this issue I mean of course knowing now that uh, If he is indeed the serial murderer, he was in prison when the film first came out in 2003. But um, there is this statute of limitations expired in April 2006. Uh, On the other hand, of course, people want answers. Let's uh, take a listen to Professor Bear's view on that. Both the National Forensic Service and the police have fumbled through the process. Why it had to take so long? I don't know. They probably didn't have the desire to do it, and I think they should make a proper apology for that. If you're asking why the police announced it now, we'll have to question many things about how the police and prosecution decide on their announcement day. 
It's even harder for me to comment on that because we don't have clear information on when and how the police or the NFS obtained the evidence and confirmed it. Jason, last word from you. Um, thanks for be- <laughs> thanks no. for being here. Yeah, it's been an absolute honor talking about uh, this film. It's an absolute uh, it's an iconic uh, movie by Bong Joon Ho, and uh, um, it's but yeah, like I say, it's chilling, and um, I, I can't imagine what the victims' families are going through. So, um, well, I, I certainly hope as that. well. Though it's a wake up call for investigative authorities in the country because we still hear about blunders today, not just sure. in this country but around the world, and. And these are the tragic consequences of, of blunders. Um, thank you very much as well to you for being here. Jason Bechevez, renowned thank film ha- critic, <laughs> thank doctor you for of thank Central Cyber University. Um, and this morning continues next, but you can have your say, pound 1013 for 51 per message.